the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear! The first believe my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood His mercy reigns unending love amazing the Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secure. He will my shield and portions be as long as life endures. My chains are gone. Set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace.
singing to our Lord is like giving him hugs. Singing to him is like giving him kisses. It's our way to tell him, I love you, Lord. Singing to him. That's why it's so beautiful when we say that this is like a beautiful, beautiful way to express our love to the good Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Lord, for you. In your Thank you, Lord. Your presence, Lord, in the midst of us. Your Holy Spirit filling our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Loving intentionally is the topic of this morning. How we can love intentionally? Well, there is only one way that we can do it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. In one occasion, according with Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31, one of the teachers of the law came to the Lord Jesus to ask him, which of the commands is the most important command? And the answer that the Lord Jesus gave was, the most important command is this. People of Israel, listen. The Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Love the Lord. The most important command is not about doing certain things, but loving Him with everything that we are and we possess. You know what is interesting? These are words of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, right? But the, the word declares in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, in the Old Testament, exactly the same. Love the Lord with all of your heart. Then the Lord says, the second most important command is this. Love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. These two commands are the most important commands. And again, the Lord is quoted in the scripture, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, declaring the same thing. Do to others the same things that you would like others do to you. But what is what the Lord told us is love the Lord and love everybody else. So in other words, we need to learn to love. You know, some of us have used the, the shape of the heart, you know, when we text, right? And we say, I heart you, you know? Imagine that we could say that to the Lord. Lord, I heart you. I'm hearting you, you know? I heard somebody saying the other day that there is a, a new way of uh, teasing people that say, uh, stop, no, what is the way? Don't, don't stop hearting me. Or, no, don't hate, don't be hating me. Don't be hating me, but loving me, like heart, you know, everything coming from our hearts. And uh, I want to show you something very interesting. And uh, hopefully, I will be able to do that. 
Let's suppose that I am hired to do a painting, okay? And uh, so here is uh, me trying to paint something, you know, like, uh, let's say, a house. And, uh, okay, so that is the structure of the house. You can see it, right? And uh, let's say that I'm going to put uh, a door here and uh, windows here and another window here, right? So I know you are thinking, Gian, uh, you are not a good painter. Well, I haven't finished, okay? I haven't. But uh, I want to put something else with my house here. Uh, I'm going to have a tree here and another tree here, okay? So this is my house. That is, that is my painting, okay? This is my painting. And unfortunately, sometimes the light doesn't help in, in the screen, but, well, the point is, I can draw something here and paint it. But you know, this doesn't look really professional. Now, let me show you this painting. This painting was made with quality and by someone that knows how to paint. Right. And uh, I'm going to brag a little bit because I have the right to do it. It's my privilege to say this painting was made by my daughter, Natalie. Well, there is a reason why I show you these two things. And the reason is what I just did is horrible compared to something like this. It's just horrible, you know? I'm not a painter. I haven't received the training to paint properly. If I received the training, possibly I could paint something like my daughter can paint, correct? I give you this analogy to explain to you something that has to do with love. Love is something that we need to receive the training how we must love people. Because, you know, the truth of the matter is, whether it's our parents or grandparents or our relatives, friends, people in the church, neighbors, whatever the influence is, they, even though they did it with so much good intention, not necessarily was the spiritual love that the good Lord is talking here in this passage. So without the proper training, I'm not able to paint anything right. <coughs> Same thing happens with love. Without the proper training, I'm not able to love the right way that the Lord wants us to love. And that is why we fail, right? I failed in painting this thing, not because I'm not able. I probably will be able if I receive the training. So the challenge that we have, friends, is to be willing to learn how to love. Because maybe that is the problem. That we don't have the skills, we don't know exactly how to love others. You know, as a matter of fact, that... Uh, any kid, yourself, myself, anyone 
when we, when we are born, we, we are like a white blank page. And people can write whatever they want in that white blank page. Now, if you go back in your memories, all the way when you were a little kid, a little baby or toddler or six years old, you might remember things that not necessarily are good things. Unfortunately, we think about what happened, what our parents said or did, or what happened in the relationship of our grandparents and grandparents and, you know, not, not everything is nice. You know, I have great memories about my, my childhood and, you know, being raised in a, in a home with so much love. Yes, I have great memories, but don't you think that I don't have bad memories? <laughs> because all, all families have bad memories. Every one of us can remember things that happened to us that we think now, oh my gosh, that was just awful. Some things that were said to us when we were growing up, you don't want to even go there, right? You don't want to think about it. But when we think about it, it produces pain and it's hurtful. But you know what else? Sometimes if we go back in the past and we think about the things that we said to our own little ones, <laughs> I don't know how many of you agree with me that sometimes we have said things that they were not right. The intention was good. We wanted to correct this particular kid, but the way that we did it, <laughs> sometimes was not the best way. So in other words, what I am saying here, my friends, is that all of us, like a white blank page, we have records of things that were said to us or things that were done to us that they are not right. And we need to remove all that because what the Lord wants us to do is to, number one, love Him with all of our heart, right? And to love others with all of our hearts. So what we have to do is basically bring some eraser and remove all those memories and just don't think about it. Just forget about those things and start to concentrate on what he says to us and how he wants us to be because that is the bottom line. What is what the Lord wants from us today? Well, do you think, Gian, that uh, the Lord wants us to to worship Him today, to be in church, <coughs> and to hear His words? Absolutely. That is one thing that He wants us to do, right? We agree on that. But is that it? Is this one hour and a few minutes the deal that He expects from us? No, this is just one thing. But the main thing is that He's expecting that His love that is being poured out into our hearts is going, will be transformed into actions of love everywhere we go. And we learn to love others as we go through the day. There are some scriptures that I want to share with you. 
The Lord Jesus Christ, chapter number 15, Gospel of John, verses 18 and 19. This is what the Lord Jesus said. He says, if the world hates you, remember that they hated me first. <laughs> if you belong to the world, the world will love you as it loves its own people. But I have chosen you to be different from those in the world. So you do not belong to the world, and that is why the world hates you. Because this is the predicament that we find. We come to church, we want to be better, we want to do better, and we are getting better, and we are inspired to love, and we want to do things right. And unfortunately, when we face the reality of our workplace, or our family sometimes, or our neighborhood, we just find so much hate around us and towards us. And we are just sh shocked and we think, what's going on? Why is that? That I am trying to do good and instead of receiving love from others, people are hating me. Why is that? The Lord Jesus said it clearly. He says, if the world hates you, remember that they hated me first. It happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. He lived it. He lived their experience, but he didn't hate them back. Let's continue reading. John chapter 15, verses 11 and 13. I have told you these things so that you can have the true happiness that I have. The true happiness that I have. I want you to be completely happy. I hope you are reading and listening this sentence. I hope you can grasp what he's saying here. He says, I want you to be completely happy. This is what I command you. Love each other as I have loved you. The greatest love people can show is to die for their friends. Because everyone wants to be happy. All of us want to be happy. There is nothing wrong with that idea. Right? People want to be happy. People want to feel completed. People want to feel special in the eyes of others. Yeah, all of us want the same thing. The Lord knows that. And more importantly, He wants you to be, how? Completely happy. And he says, I want you to have the true happiness that I have. The Lord Jesus experienced the true happiness. Now, when you think about his life, you see a lot of wonderful things, right? But there is one thing <laughs> that is awful, right? That when we think of the life of the Lord Jesus, we say, he was beautiful. He was awesome. He was so Friendly, he was powerful, he did this, he did that. And we see all the, the good things, right? And we say, yeah, I would like to have that kind of life. But there is one thing that he did that we have trouble to process. is that he died to pay for our salvation. He did that. But he said, but I, I have the true happiness. And I want you to be completely happy. And here's when he defines 
What is that happiness? Friends, the happiness that he's talking about is loving one another. Loving one another. So we hear that in church and we feel, okay, I can try that. Lord, guide me to love others. In fact, honestly, I'm changing. You know, honestly, I, I wasn't this way. You know, I had trouble to, to love other people. You know, I kind of hated some people, you know. And then I came to church and I, I was like, uh, I'm going to tolerate these people. You know, right? I'm going to tolerate them. I'm going to tolerate this pastor for a little while. Let's see, you know. Loving, I don't know. But slowly, you say, I am learning to love. I'm learning to love others. And I, I am kind of getting there. I'm kind of getting there, right? But this is what I have found, Gian, that bothers me. I am being loving. I am being nice. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of things for people. You know, things that I never did before. Cleaning things for others. Cooking for others. Working, putting my time and efforts and things for others without expecting anything. I, that's not me. But now I'm a, I am that kind of person, so I'm doing these things. But there is something that is bothering me. Why people betray me? Explain that to me, Gian. Because that is something that I have trouble with. I have learned that. I have learned to forgive what people did in my past, you know, my childhood, my first relationship, you know, the way that things went in my childhood and later when I became a young adult. <laughs> and, and on and on, I, I can tell you the stories again. And you said to me, I have to learn to forgive. And I have. So now I am in a new sense, right? I am a new person, and I am understanding the importance of being loving, and I am loving, and I really love people, and I am doing a lot of good things. But when I find somebody that betrays me, that I can't take. I just can't deal with that. And that, my friends, is the key factor to understand true happiness. Because you need to remember the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. How he gave his life for everybody. You imagine the Lord on Calvary, on the cross. And there are people there yelling at him, insulting him, mocking, saying all kinds of things. And he said in his prayer, don't take these things into consideration, Father. Forgive them. It's okay. Uh, don't put that against them. Please, don't do that. He found that the true happiness is in loving everybody and giving his own life for his friends, to rescue people. And that is the next step that we all should do. Being able to love people and give and share, even if they betray us. 
is what he says. John, John chapter 15, 11, from 11 through 13. The greatest love can show, people can show, is to die for their friends. Now, I want you to understand, I'm not suggesting here that we are going to start a set of crucifixions, right? No, we are not going to start with crucifixions or things like that or, you know, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I want to make sure that no one misunderstands that. I'm not suggesting you have to die physically to save anybody. It's not what I am saying. You know what I am saying here is that in our hearts, we are willing to love not expecting anything in return. That is giving our lives, our lives for others. I'm going to do things for people no matter what they do. No, doesn't matter how they pay me back. Because let's face it, right? And what is what is happening in the workplace? On Sunday, you receive the inspiration. Monday morning, you get up. You do your devotion. You read your Bible. You drink your coffee. You say your prayers. You go to work. And you are excited. You think it's going to be a great day. I went to church. You know, and you have this smile. And as soon as you start your day of work, bam, the first thing. Whether it's the supervisor, co-worker, somebody on, in the traffic, a customer, a student, somebody is going to be mean to you. Somebody is going to be disrespectful to you. How do you respond to that? That is what I am talking about. Loving intentionally is when you intentionally, you are prepared to go in loving people without expecting anything in return. Without expecting that they are going to be nice to you. Do not expect that. If you receive love back, praise the Lord. But if they are not nice to you, you are not going to be hurting. You are dying for your friends. Do you understand the concept now? You die for your friends, for everyone, when you are not expecting that they will give you something in return. Because that is the way that the good Lord loves us. In the right time, you will see the harvest. It's not in our time, friends. Right? Sometimes we see the result kind of quick, right? But not always. Sometimes we have to wait weeks, months, years, until eventually, boom, the miracle happened. I just can't help to, to think about the story of one of ours that about a year ago, came to us telling us how much he missed his family and spending time with his family. And he was going through a not good relationship with them. And we prayed and prayed and believed in the miracle. And it was just a, a few weeks ago, he told us the story. You remember when he said, I am moving in with my family. The reconciliation 
happened slowly. But you know what? I remember hearing him saying, I have done this for my, my relatives. And he was showing us pictures of good things that he was doing for his family. But it took a year. A year. One year of doing good for somebody and being patient to somebody and being tolerant and don't expecting by just giving and loving, hoping, praying, waiting. And then the harvest. And that is what we know is going to happen in our lives. It takes time. More part of the scripture. John chapter 15, verses 16 and 17. You did not choose me. I chose you. I gave you this work to go and produce fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. <laughs> this is my command. Love each other. Oh, my gosh. I just love this part. And I just hope that I will be able to express to you the secrets here. First of all, we are not in the kingdom because we are special. Because we did something that we earned the privilege to be in the kingdom. We are in the kingdom, guys, because he chose us. I didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve to be loved by the Lord. But he decided to choose us. And he said, I want you in my kingdom. I know that you have suffered. He knows your story. He knows everything that you went through. He knows about your childhood, your problems, your health problems or financial difficulties. The Lord knows everything about you. He knows when you did wrong and what you did right. When you betrayed people and when people betrayed you. He knows when you betrayed yourself. He knows everything about you. And you know what he says? I don't care. I just love you. Because you are a chosen one. Look at that privilege. Out of six billion people in the world, you can say, I am one of the chosen ones by the good Lord. I am one of the chosen ones. But he says, but I'm giving you an assignment. <laughs> I'm glad that you are in my kingdom, the Lord says, but I'm giving you work to do. And this is what I want you to do, he says. I want you to produce fruit, fruit that will last. Obviously, it's not talking about things. It's not talking about stuff. He is talking about what is not tangible. Is Something intangible is something that comes from our hearts directly to other people's hearts. That will last. His love. <laughs> now please pay attention, carefully attention to this. He says, 
If you are able to produce that fruit, if you are able to let me grow within you, and I can grow through my spirit in love inside of you, and let me flow there and go to touch people, then, say with me, then, please. Then, the Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. Then, the Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. It's a huge revelation. All the things that we want and the dreams that we have and all these desires and hopes that the Lord is putting in our hearts can come true if only we are willing to forget that people will betray us, to forget that people, some people will be ungrateful, to forget that some people will not appreciate it, just to forget about it and say, I'm going to love them no matter what. I'm going to be loving in my workplace even if they mock me. I'm going to be a good person in my neighborhood even if they think that I am weird. I'm going to be a loving individual in my family even if they are making a ridicule of me, and they say, this person looks so stupid. How stupid is this person? That's stupid. I don't know why he's doing that. Of course they don't know. They are in darkness, but we know the truth. We are in the light. And he says, guys, guys, you, you don't deserve to be in my kingdom. I chose you. Got it? You are here because I called you. I selected you. I wanted you here. I did it. You didn't do it. I did it, says the Lord. You are here. Now, once you are here, I want you to do something. Produce that fruit. Love people. Just love them with my love. Let me, let me love them through you. Forget about what they're going to do with your love. Forget about it. Just be loving. Then... Then is when you will see how the Lord will provide everything. Because He will, the Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. Anything. That thing that seems to be impossible. How many things seem to be impossible in these days for us? I don't have the money right now to build this Sanctuary 100. I don't have that money now. But I know if I'm loving, I can believe. And He will give me anything that I ask for in His name. I want more people in the church. I just can't wait to have more people in the church. I want to have more people coming to worship the Lord. I want to see more people reading the Bible. I want to see more people coming here, more people coming to our church to sing songs to the Lord. Even if they have ugly voices like some of you. 
Because it's not about the quality of the voice. But I want to see more people singing to the Lord. I want to see more people drinking our coffee. I want to see more people parking there. I want to see more kids enjoying this building that we have here. I want to see more people coming to hear God's word. I want to see more people getting close to the Lord. I want that. More than anything, after the Lord, that is what I want over all things in life. I want more people close to God, our Lord. I want to see them getting out from darkness and coming to the light. I want to see people in this neighborhood getting rid of the laziness of not getting out of the bed on Sunday morning and coming to the church. I want to see people showing gratitude to the Lord because they have a job and they have money. They can pay their bills. I want to see lines of vehicles coming to church here and everywhere else because they will be in the kingdom and they will have eternity because that is what matters. What really matters is that that if we die today, we will go to heaven. That is what really matters. Any one of us, our family, our friends, and that is what I want. So the Lord says, okay, Gian, all right. But this is my command. <laughs> Love each other. <clears throat> Love each other. And that is what we should do. Love one another. Here to begin with. Because here in our church, in this church, if we are not able to love each other, what's the point of bringing more people? Guys, if I, as a pastor, as your pastor, if I am not able to love you more and love each other, love all of you, what is the point of bringing more people if I'm not going to love them? If I don't love you, how can I love others? That doesn't make any sense. So the foundation for everything we do is that the Lord will fill us with His Holy Spirit to love so much everybody. Even if they don't pay us back in the right way. So, I just want everyone to be close to the Lord. And I would like so much that if you that are listening to this podcast or watching this video, I want you to open your heart to the Lord. There is no reason why you, you, you will keep your, your, your heart closed to, to the good Lord, because He loves you. Open your heart to Him. Stop battling with that idea. and Just say, I surrender. Okay, 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 Lord, I'll be close to you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is available for everyone who wants to be saved. And that's why we pray this way. We say, dear Lord, forgive me for my sins. Take me into your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will come into your heart. And like the rest of us here in this church, myself, my wife, 
we are just needy ones. And we love the idea of being a needy one of Him, the good Lord. Not a needy in terms of things, but a needy one of Him. He is the one who can fulfill our hearts with His love. Then is when we all can say, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. This year, I will become more spiritual in the name of Jesus. And let's sing that song. It is a beautiful song. I surrender all in the name of Jesus. See 